Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to today's show. Today on the show, we have Michelle Travers. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. It's going to be an exciting one. Uh, We want to start off the podcast maybe uh, with you telling us who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Sure. So my name is Michelle Travers. I'm the owner of Master Bookkeeping Solutions. I started my journey in bookkeeping about eight or nine years ago now. Um, I worked at a small community bank in the back office. And as I was starting my family, I really wanted to transition into helping people more one-on-one, as well as having some freedom in my personal life. Uh, So I started this business. I've been helping clients. I think we're about 30 clients in now. Um, helping small business owners, doing everything from setting up QuickBooks to creating processes to analyzing their financials in order to make smart decisions and to grow their business. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's uh, what I find kind of funny and uh, you know interesting on this part is that usually when I hear somebody's coming from the bank, I'm expecting them to be saying that, uh, yeah, I left the bank and I wanted to still help people and I'm going to get into mortgages or financial advisor. It's usually not accounting. <laughs> <laughs> accounting is a different field. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, just usually from the bank, you expect it on that side. So when someone goes a different direction, that's very interesting. Yes, so. yes. Now, why accounting? Well, I've my family has a background in accounting, uh, and I've been helping them since I could count. Basically, uh, they used to get uh, physical checks with your bank statements, and I would be the one to organize them into check number order. <laughs> I guess it's just in my blood. Gotcha. Hey, that's important, right? I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess when you, you, you get used to what you're surrounded by, and if that's what you've been doing, you kind of know it. So love right. that. Now you chose to. Uh, I can understand, you know, your family is expanding and uh, you decide that you just don't want to go back to the whole corporate culture. Right. Right. So I can understand that. But the question I'm getting to is, uh, what, how did you decide, like, who your clientele would be? Right. Because we don't, I mean, we generally start a business and ultimately when we started, we're going to like, who are you going to serve? And usually the typical answer is everybody, which usually means nobody. Um, <laughs> somewhere along the line, we figure out. <laughs> You know, who that niche, who that avatar of, uh, you know, clientele that we're going to serve is. How did yeah. you determine who that was going to be? Sure. So I really like working with women, um, especially women who are working from home, probably because that fits me very much. Um, but also it sort of fell into my lap. I've seemed to be attracting that type of client, um, mostly marketing clients or people who are have a marketing agency and are growing them. So they're going from Uh, just doing it themselves to bringing on teams. And now it's a lot to manage and they're seeking help. Um, And it just sort of fell in my lap. It's not something that I went looking into. I was very much looking to help as many people as possible. And this is where I ended up. Yeah, that's interesting as well, right? Like, I mean, it's like specifically marketing agencies. Now I can understand, you know, it's somebody like yourself, like who's working from home. That would make sense, right? Like, Usually they say people like to deal with people they know, like, and trust. Right. And right. And if you're in the same category as somebody else that you're dealing with, that kind of makes it sense because you guys relate to that. Yeah. So I get that part. Love it. Love that part of the story. Now, getting into the industry, what was your biggest challenge? Oh, great. Um, marketing. 
<laughs> and putting myself out there. Uh, it's sort of uncomfortable for someone who's used to being behind a computer screen, crunching numbers all the time, uh, to put myself out there and create a message and figure out exactly how to package that all up for someone to understand who's not necessarily looking at financials all the time. Because I can talk very technically, right? right. <laughs> and people have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, so to create uh, an environment that people really understand what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and making them feel welcomed. Right, which makes sense. And you're right about that technical thing. I mean, even myself, I'm in the real estate business, right? And, mm -hmm. and one thing I noticed, and I am guilty of it in the beginning, at least as well, everyone posts this thing, you know, just listed, you know, my new listing. Well, mm -hmm. the public doesn't really know what a listing is, right? Because the public is selling their house. They're not listing their house. Right. Right. So, you know, basically what the translation is, the newest home that I'm selling. So I, I don't know where this listing thing started from, but it's something <laughs> that we all just started doing. <laughs> so, right. so I get it when you're, uh, you forget that just because you're in technical jargon doesn't mean the people reading it or watching it or, you know, hearing it, understand what you're talking about. So <laughs> I get that. Um, at the same time, going with polar opposite of what I just asked you, like what was your most challenging? I'm also going to go and do the polar opposite and ask you sort of like, there's a moment in time where we all start a business and we all have that jitters when we're starting wondering, did we make a mistake? Do we get do the right thing? And maybe even if we going into business was the right thing, did we choose the right field? Like, is this what I should be doing? But then we have that moment where something happens and something that happens, that, that moment almost like, it's like a, a, a shining light comes through the door and you're like, ha. Huh. I got it. This is it. I'm in the right spot, the right time. It's like that aha moment. What was that aha moment for you? Um, I want to say that was when I probably had a couple clients under my belt and I was doing more than just entering transactions into the software. And I was analyzing the data for them and they were using that to help them make decisions in their business. And it, that's when I really felt that connection with what I was doing and with my clients. And I think that was the, the driver for continuing to do this. Gotcha. So that, that makes sense. Now at the same time, like, you know, we have that moment where we're going and going, and going, we all have, you know, moments in time where uh, our schedules feel like it's chaotic and chaos and all over the place. Now there's really two personalities out there. And I mean, I know which one I am, but I'm going <laughs> to try to ask you which you are. Um, and here's what I mean is that there's that type of a personality that sort of the uh, things land on your desk and say, ah, I got to get this done. And then there's mm -hmm. the other ones that, you know, literally have their day scheduled from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed. Now that schedule doesn't mean that things don't get altered because you know, life happens, things happen. Sometimes things get thrown on the desk and you realize what got thrown on your desk is on fire. So it's like, you got to put it out, <laughs> right? Like, but, uh, right. but for the most part, there's people that have everything planned and other people that sort of just go with the flow. What would you say your typical day is like? Um, I'm definitely more go with the flow. I do have a list of general things that I want to accomplish for the day or the week or the month or whatever time period we're looking at. Uh, and typically it's three or four things because I do run my household and I have a business and I also homeschool my kids and they have a lot of needs and, and attention requirements. So 
uh, I keep my list very small, but it's def definitely go with the flow. Sometimes it's a meeting like this where we're doing something that's recording. And so other things need to be shifted around and um, yeah, more go with the flow. Gotcha. I was, uh, I started off that way as well. Then I became very regimented. Yeah. But, uh, that was only after I got a coach. <laughs> in the beginning, it was definitely uh, sort of like, hmm, what do I have to do at one o'clock? Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll go for lunch. And then you get the message. I'm almost there. Oh, crap. Well, yeah, I do. So, I'm big on Google Calendar and everything is planned out because we have certain things, but it's more time blocking than specific hour by yeah. hour. Yeah, yeah, that's something I used to be all over the place, right? I, I, I mean, I was way far from going. Like when I say I went with the flow, yeah, I went with whatever I remembered. And, oh uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I have to write everything down, and it's got to be on my calendar. Yeah, I, I used to be good at it, and I found uh, like I'll be honest. At twenty years old, I had like mm -hmm. a photographic memory. You could, we could literally be here. You could put your credit card on the camera. So I can see the numbers. Ask me what it was 20 years later. I would remember it. Wow. That's impressive. Um, I had to get into that regiment that we're talking about because as I get older, you can tell me something. You can tell me the what the credit card number is now. Ask me in two minutes and I won't remember. <laughs> it, it's just completely changed. And uh, yeah. I don't know why and neither do I care. I mean, I just realized that sometimes we've got to adapt in life. Yeah, for sure. So. Now, going with the theme of adapt, you know, what was some of the things you've had to adapt to, you know, when you transitioned? Um, from corporate life to uh, business ownership? Yes. Um, well, part of it was I was going in the office every day. And so it was different to create a space where I can sit and focus and work on the things that I'm working on versus being distracted by, oh, the laundry needs to be done. Oh, the baby's crying. Oh, the dog needs to go out. And to really say, okay, this is where I'm working and this is the, where I need to get my work done. And when I'm here, I can't be doing anything else. Awesome. You kind of answered two questions in one because I was going to ask you how motherhood uh, kind of, you know, fit into that. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it becomes chaos, I'm sure, like with a, yeah, you know, little people running the, around. <laughs> for sure. When the babies were younger, it was definitely more interesting, and my schedule was very different than what it is now. But as they've gotten older and they're more self-sufficient, then it's been a little bit easier to work more normal hours. Gotcha. Now, I do have a question for you that's maybe a little on the uh, personal side, kind of, sort of, <laughs> which is that uh, when you started, right, like, I mean, kids started – to be more than you know put it this way when they can start to speak and realize what's going on and you know you know call out your name and you <laughs> and you go to do work did you ever feel that mom you know mom guilt or like you know sort of like i'm here and maybe i should be paying attention to them more or did you ever have that um, i've heard it before and and uh, i'm curious yeah, sort of um I try to, they're first, so I tend gotcha. to work in the afternoon. So all of their needs, as much as I can, is taken care of during the day or earlier in the morning. And then in the afternoon is my sort of blocked off time. So I try to make sure that they have all of their needs met. And that way, when I'm with them, I can be completely focused on them. Um, but sure, always, if I'm with them and I'm thinking about a client email or a project I'm working on, I feel like torn a little bit, for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, that was kind of a curious question. Yeah, because I've heard I've heard that before, so I was kind of seeing where that fit in. Yeah, and um, yeah. So with that being said, now there's always good customers. Now I'm not, I'm not going to say there's bad customers out there, but there's more. I will say challenging. Yes. Um, 
how where do you draw the line when like is there a certain line where a customer becomes too challenging that you just said you know what i can't do this and you just gotta let them go yeah uh, mostly it's personality um i find that there are certain personalities that maybe we just don't get along or maybe i can't provide the service that they specifically need in their business and in their the way they wrap their head around numbers and i mean there's always going to be that issue but for the most part i've found that most people are good people and great to work with and respect boundaries and limitations and things so it's been great so far i love that i love how you put in boundaries right like mm. now in terms of boundaries do you do you like specify them up front or does it, is it sometimes something happens where it's drawing close to the line and it kind of comes up? Um, I haven't explicitly had to say, listen, you can't call me at 12 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, but I think most people are, are generally, I work with a lot of business owners themselves, so they don't really want to be getting calls in the middle of the night or all weekend. So they generally understand and just respect that. Makes sense. So with someone who's interested in working with you, what is the process, right? Like just say um, I come across your name somehow or your phone number um, and I'm interested in working with you and I want to get a, you know, a hold of you and stuff. And like, and then we, you know, I'm sure we have that conversation or like, like describe the process to us, like how it would start. Sure. Someone usually reaches out uh, either via email or messenger or something along those lines. And I send them my calendar link so that we can set up a Zoom meeting where I can see them face to face and we can talk about their business, how they got started, the things that they're struggling with, the things that are going really well. Um, and then we sort of see what needs and if if our services fit what they need. Uh, and then we go from there. I create uh, a proposal or an engagement letter that would go over everything that I believe would be very beneficial for their business. Usually, uh, I give a couple of options um, depending on their needs. They go forward, they sign, and we have an onboarding call everything gets onboarded and then we move on to monthly services. Gotcha. Now you're in the bookkeeping and where I'm going to go with this is that uh, every place, like every country, every city, every state, every province are generally going to have different tax rules. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that work with what you do? Right. I mean, like, sure. So I work in the United States um, so all my clients are based in the United States. And so our rules for bookkeeping are the same across the board. For tax purposes, whether it's sales tax or payroll tax, that's something that we have a conversation about um, as far as tracking all that and making sure those are getting paid on time uh, and correctly. But for taxes that are income taxes for the business themselves, write-offs and things like that, as long as the documentation is there. So the receipts are there. The IRS wants to know exactly where you spent your money and why. Uh, and that's sort of what part of our process is making sure all that documentation is there. And then your tax preparer CPA would be taking those records and looking at them and making sure they are filed appropriately. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in terms of programs, I mean, sometimes people are use different things, right? Like when I started off, I used what was called wave accounting. Mm -hmm. Now, when I got into the uh, corporations uh, versus just the sole proprietorship, uh, the accountant is a fan of QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. So if someone's using one and you use another, like, is the conversion very easy? Like, what's, how hard is it? Like, is it, or is what they do, you know, do you start from scratch? Like, 
every situation is different. Um, generally, you can get either a clear cutoff point where you can just start fresh in the new program that you're using. We use QuickBooks Online, um, but there's also several others in the United States that are fairly large. Um, or you can download all of the information and then import it into QuickBooks Online or whatever gotcha. software you're using. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, you said you deal with uh, small business, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, at what point in time does it uh, become too, like, out of your scope or too big? Or does it? Um, it hasn't yet. <laughs> uh, generally, we're in the 500000 to $2 million range for our clients. Gotcha. That's that makes they, sense. It, typically, what, what happens is they have someone that they need to have in office that's physically signing the checks for them. That makes sense. So, so we don't do that. Um, we use some different softwares for bill paying to make sure that everything is compliant for um, fraud prevention. Uh, so there's some software and stuff that we do to a limit. But of course, there's always going to be people that once you get a large office and a lot of people on payroll, then it makes sense to have someone on staff. Makes sense. Get it. Now, brings up another point, something that I just thought of, actually. Mm -hmm. Because I realized that your motivation was to be able to stay at home and take care of the home stuff as well as work. Yes. That was the motivation. But what I thought of here was that what was like, was there even a consideration that maybe getting a job that you could work from home or was it straight out that I'm leaving the work <laughs> life and I don't want a job? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a great question. At the time, it was about 10 years ago uh, when I started building this business and working from home wasn't what it is now. Uh, people weren't super familiar with it. And a lot of the jobs were um, multi-level marketing or um, typing or some things like that. And I wanted something that was a little more along the, my skill set. Uh, so this is sort of what I landed in. And now I'm unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked working for myself. That, that happened very quickly, liking that flexibility and the ability to make my own rules and follow my own direction. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, you're right. So 10 years ago, <laughs> you know, so if you told your employer that you want to work from home, they would have right. thought you were uh, on something. <laughs> yes. At the time, I actually was one of the only employees in this uh, institution that worked part-time from home. Um, but that was very uncommon at the time. Makes sense. All right. So with that being said, then um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Uh, I was going to go somewhere, but I get lost my track, so I'll move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I was going to ask you is that, like, again, again, like there's even, uh, like we had that moment uh, where you had your aha, where you knew where you were supposed to. Mm -hmm. you know, be there, you were in doing the right thing, but how, how, what was it, what would be another success story where, uh, it's not necessarily an aha moment, but it was like, maybe if you had this, you might've not where it's, you're having that moment where things are a little bit rocky and you're not sure. Then they turn around and it's like, and it became a, a success story. Something that maybe you thought of that may have not panned out the way you were expecting. And then it turned out to be like really good. Um, well, I have three kids. <laughs> My first two were born as they were supposed to on time. Um, so I was thinking after my second was born, maybe I would want to do something a little more full time, maybe work for a small business one on one rather than have a lot of clients because it can be a lot to manage. Uh, 
but then my my third child came into this world very early <laughs> and ended up spending four months in the NICU and oh. having yeah and having my own business and working for myself and that like I said, that flexibility was amazing because I was able to bring my computer. I was able to take phone calls all while still being with her in the hospital. Um, and that it was not expected, <laughs> but it was certainly a huge blessing to be able to do that. That makes sense. I mean, it was not what I was expecting. You know I mean? Like, <laughs> which is, I mean, but you know, thank you for sharing that. That was like a good yeah. story. Like it's well, again, I guess you never expect something to go uh, wrong there. Um, <laughs> But I mean, right. obviously it does. So, um, yeah. So when you went on your own, I mean, obviously you went from a steady paycheck to uh, basically, for lack of better description, it's almost like a commission-based thing, right? Because mm -hmm. it's based on what you sell is what you get paid on, right? Right. Um, was that a scary moment for you? How did you adapt to the transition? Like, what was your budget like? Uh, we definitely tightened the budget. Um, my husband works full-time, so we had that income obviously, which was a huge, huge help. <laughs> he is the main breadwinner in our family uh, for the time being. Um, but without him, I think that this would have been much more difficult and much more scary than it was. Uh, thankfully, we were able to just tighten up a little bit. The kids were home instead of in daycare. Um, you know, we were able to, to make it work. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So you had a plan in advance, which is good. Um, what does your uh, future look like? Where, where do you see yourself going? Like, what, like, I mean, obviously staying, I mean, everybody wants to grow, right? So it's not like, you know, you wake well, up and saying, wow, yesterday was as good as today and tomorrow will be just the same as today. We all have yeah. certain plans and ideals. So what yeah. does your future look like in your head? So I am working on getting my master's degree in order to qualify to sit for the CP. PA exam so that I can provide a higher level of service to my clients uh, and continuing to grow and to con continue to help uh, my clients learn about their business, have confident, uh, confidence in making their decisions, um, clarity, all that stuff. Makes sense. Love that, right? Because I, I like the fact that you have a growth plan there. Yeah. So. I love, I really like learning things. So I like learning pe things about people, about their business, how they got started. All that stuff is amazing to me. I think this world is so full of opportunity and it's such a blessing that we can create and connect with other individuals. And I really enjoy personal development as well. So continuing my education, learning different things from other individuals and how they grew their business and taking that and implementing that in my own business. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm a big uh, personal development person as well. I, I love that stuff. Absolutely love it. And I believe in it. So kudos to you for uh, recognizing you know, you. the importance <laughs> there. Um, yeah, so that's great. Now, now with that being said, it's like every day, obviously, you're going to have to, uh, like, I, I believe prospecting, right? As part of being an entrepreneur, you're, mm -hmm. in a sense, doing sales. So, And doing sales, you're always doing some form of prospecting, trying to look for new clients, trying to reach out and network with new people. So what is your process? Like, how do you find new clients? Uh, I get quite a few from referrals. Um, but I am active on posting on Instagram and LinkedIn, and I have a Facebook group to help um, individuals who are learning to understand their finances a little bit more, understand their business a little bit more. Um, so it's generally from there. Yeah. So you're utilizing uh, social. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you ever create webinars and stuff like that? Um, I do lives on my Facebook group. Um, no. So similar. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. Similar. It's the same concept. 
Yeah. Right. At least to me, it is. <laughs> Some yeah. people may argue with that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, that, that is great. So with that being said, now, what I want to ask you is like, what is your typical, like, what would your average day look like? Like your typical routine, typical week. I know every day it fluctuates and changes, yeah. but um, yeah. So uh, like typically what would your uh, schedule look like? Sure. So I'm a big fan of time blocking, like I mentioned before. So typically I wake up around six, six thirty. I try to have a little bit of time for myself, reading, studying, whatever it is that needs to be done. Um, when my kids wake up, we have breakfast, do all that stuff and sort of a slow morning. We like a lot of snuggles around here. Uh, I do homeschooling in the morning until about lunchtime. Then the kids have their quiet time and I have my focus time to do work until about four or five o'clock. Then we do dinner, family time. And depending on what projects I'm working on, I may be back at work uh, a little later in the evening. Gotcha. I'm glad you uh, brought up the homeschooling part again. I wanted to ask you about that. That's where I lost my train of thought sure. last time. Because <laughs> um, you know what it is? I, I, I wanted to get into the homeschooling part, but then I had the other question come up and then I got mixed. So sure. <laughs> so in terms of homeschooling, like yeah. obviously that was a that was a choice. Why did you choose the homeschool over you know, um, public school? Yeah. So at the time, uh, it was during COVID when my young, my oldest son would have been going into kindergarten, uh, and I wasn't thrilled with masking, <laughs> which is going to be super controversial. Uh, so we did decided to do homeschooling for that, and I didn't want to send my younger two kids to daycare with all the germs and stuff. Um, so we decided to stay home, and it's just been working really well for us, and we've decided to to continue doing it. That's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I'm assuming that you went to public school and stuff, mm -hmm. right? So Did. you've had the experience of that. And mm -hmm. I think today that has, it's a little bit different than what it used to be. For sure. Right. So now aside from the whole, take the COVID part out of it. If you had knowing what you know now, I mean, taking the whole mm -hmm. COVID part out of the equation. Yeah. If you had to choose now, knowing what you know, would you have made the same decision or would they have gone to public school? I would have made the same decision. <laughs> the amount of opportunities that my, we are able to give our kids individually, their own learning styles, their own timeframes, their own interests, we're able to really foster that and help them grow in that. And that's something that I, we really, really enjoyed doing. Yeah. Clearly you can tell I'm a fan of homeschooling <laughs> <laughs> and my, uh, I would have probably 20 years ago when I was in school or longer, whichever, I probably would have chose the public school based on the interaction and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think the schooling that I grew up in and the schooling of today are not the same. Yeah, I would agree with you. So, and, and I feel like it's lost its value that way. And I still think education is important. And we've both agreed on that from before. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, I think the way we get educated today it doesn't have yeah. to be the same way as the old school. For sure. And we live in the age of information. Everything that we want to learn is available on the internet at the touch of our fingertips or even on a pocket phone. It's so easy to find the information that you're looking for and to learn anything that you want to learn. Whereas when I was growing up, the internet was just in the baby stages <laughs> to age myself a little bit. Um, and we didn't know how to get this information. We still had resources, all had to be at the library and a physical printed copy when we were writing papers or things like that. And it's not the case anymore. And being able to monitor what my kids are learning and make sure that they have a vast knowledge rather than, you know, 
not pigeonholed, but for lack of a better word, um, a very, you know, everyone has to learn the same thing in a classroom for ease of teaching that number of kids. Whereas one-on-one, we have three kids, it's easier for one parent or one teacher or one person to teach three kids in individual ways than it would be for a teacher to do so in the classroom setting. So, Exactly. All right. Um, in light of time, I'm going to go down to about uh, two more questions sure. before I go into what I call the lightning round, which is okay. fun <laughs> personal questions. Sounds so, great. Second last question. How do you know you've had a successful day? Oh, gosh. Great question. Um, I've gotten most of the things on my list done. I've made a difference in my kids' lives. I've made a difference in my clients' lives. I've made some progress in my own life. That would be a productive day. Love that. Okay, last but not least, anyone searching for you, where would they find you? Uh, on Instagram, The Great Way, or Facebook at Master Bookkeeping Solutions. Of course, you can always email me, Michelle, at masterbks.com. Um, I'm generally pretty good about emailing quickly. Fantastic. Now let's get into the lightning round, where it's going to okay. be just a few fun questions. Uh, question number one is going to be, what is your favorite food and why? Oh, gosh, probably Hispanic food of any kind. Uh, my father was from South America, and so that's like home soul food for me. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yes. Favorite vacation spot? Tennessee. Interesting. <laughs> why Tennessee. Uh, I love the area. I love the mountains. I love the the valleys. I love the weather. Um, I think it's centrally located to a lot of different things. If you wanted to take a day trip to the beach or go to the lake or go to the mountains, it's sort of in the middle of everything. Gotcha. Favorite book or podcast? Gosh, well, can I say your podcast? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a book. Um, whatever I happen to be reading that week. Ah, so it's not uh, anything that stands no. out, just kind of uh, whatever grasps your attention. Right. Gotcha. All right. Last but not least, if you had unlimited amount of money and you had 48 hours to spend it, if whatever you spend, you get to keep, mm -hmm. what you don't spend gets taken away, what would you do? I would buy a compound, a lot of land, and a nice home. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was, I'm glad you said that. I thought I was going to lose my record here for a second. <laughs> um, usually, and here's what I mean by that, because usually if I go in and ask, uh, you know, if you were given a million dollars, what would you do? Everyone, you know, fancy car, pay off my mortgage. It's usually the same thing. And I find that's usually not people's real desire. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, not nobody wants a mortgage. Nobody wakes up and says, man, I'm glad I got a mortgage today. I mean, nobody <laughs> right. does that. But right. the thing is that when people f hear a million dollars, they, they hear limitation. Mm -hmm. So then you get that panic answer like, ah, what do I need to do? You know, like <laughs> versus what they deep down want to do. Mm -hmm. So that's why I ask it the way I want. Because when I ask the way I want it, like the way I do, then people kind of give out the, hmm, what am I really thinking of beyond yeah. my more yeah so that's why i ask it that way and then when you said buy i go oh here's gonna be the first you know 
I'm going to buy a million, you know, banks and, you know, so I can have more money. And I'm like, oh, no, not the money no, question. No, no. <laughs> so, I mean, I've never heard it. So <laughs> it's and that's the other thing, right? Because, again, I, I usually search for that uh, deep down uh, desire. So, yeah, I would awesome. love to have a compound with a lot of land and a lot of animals. Yeah, it makes sense. I get it. I get it. So that's <laughs> like it, it also showcases a little bit about, uh, you know, what kind of lifestyle you uh, desire. Yes. So that's awesome. Michelle, thank you so much. Well, thank you. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate your time. I had a great time as well. You have a great day. You as well. If you like what you saw and you want to see more episodes, subscribe to the link below.